Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. You are joined by me, Ryan McGowan, and as always, James Kay. How are you, buddy? I'm very well, thank you, Ryan. Very well. How are you doing? I'm very good, yes. Um, what was our last episode? I've forgotten about it already. I think it was Monarchy Part 2, wasn't it? And thinking about it, I don't know why this has just come to mind. I should probably apologise, because when... Um, was it that episode? I forget which episode, but one of them, I'd clearly just woken up like I had now. And I was very croaky. I'm not croaky this today, but I remember a lot of coughing was in that episode and a lot of, like, croaky voice. Uh, I'm I, not I really do, sure why. I try so hard not to uh, to cough, but I think my problem, and listeners, if this is the case, please tell me, I think I'm a heavy breather on the mic. <laughs> um, I, tend to, I tend to sort of, like, back away when I'm not talking and then lean forward. It's a good ab workout. Yeah, I'm just lazy. I just lean forward all the time. Fair, fair. Um, so right, yeah, monarchies part two last was uh, was our last episode. Um, it's taken this episode's taken a little longer to actually write. Uh, as we always say, uh, James and I are very busy, so we try to fit this in as as often as we can. Um, so yeah, I, I'm again just very thankful that you guys are so patient with us. Um, if um, you'd like to show your appreciation, you can do so by heading to Spotify. Uh, what a segue that was. You can head to <laughs> Spotify where uh, Spotify has a new feature where you can uh, rate with stars, uh, similar to how Apple Podcasts would do it, where you just chuck in a five star. Uh, if you'd like to just take two seconds to chuck in a five star when you're listening to this episode, uh, we would very much appreciate that. Of course, it helps uh, to promote the show We're on the platform. Uh, although the platform is about to die because Joe Rogan has decided to just remain uh, on yeah. it. <laughs> uh, do you have a quick hot take on that? Because I personally um, think he should stay on it. I mean, whatever your opinions on Joe Rogan is, his podcast is the most popular podcast in the world. Um, I think he's a knobhead, but I don't believe that knobheads shouldn't be allowed to speak their opinions, unfortunately. so. Yeah, I think we're on the Let same page. Yeah, we're very much on the same page. Like, um, Spotify as a business is looking at Joe Rogan's podcast as like a, a mammoth monster that it will just continually make money from. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with Joe Rogan on a many a thing. However, I don't believe that people like that shouldn't have a platform. Um, so No, yeah. but he spreads a lot of misinformation, but then it's now widely known that he spreads misinformation. So if you listen to that podcast and take it as gospel, you are then the problem as well. So I, I, go I in there, take it with a pinch of salt. I did see a tweet that was like, um, uh, the people that follow Joe Rogan for medical advice um, are probably not people you should listen to anyway. No, because he just tells you to take, what is it, DMT? Yeah. Is that yeah, the, or, any, any, any problem anyone has, I'll just take some DMT. Why? Why are you forcing this drug upon people, Joe? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, so, yeah. No, uh, listen, whether you disagree with someone or not, it doesn't mean you should deplatform them. Um, I think, you know, just don't listen to them or be clever and uh, argue against them all the time and make them look stupid or let them continue to talk and they'll trip over eventually. Some of his episodes are quite good, like ones where you can't spread disinformation, uh, misinformation. Like the, he had one with Darren Brown, which was really cool, but that was just about Darren Brown. Yeah. When he has like doctors and things on, that's when it becomes a little bit and like Jordan Peterson and all those people, it becomes a little bit iffy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay well so yeah if um, you'd like to review the show on Spotify please do so with a five star that would be very much helpful uh, if you'd like to drop us a little review on Apple Podcast again more than welcome to uh, if you'd like to support the show in a monetary format you can donate to the show of course and you can always head to our store where you can pick up some uh, merch some t-shirts and hoodies and whatnot, not um, to show off to everyone 
Now, this episode, um, I've been looking forward to. Uh, <laughs> in fact, I told James a few weeks ago, that I was like, I had an idea for some uh, uh, podcast artwork to go on the page. Um, and it totally inspired my uh, episode here. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see Derek Okora in, the, in sort of the flames of a candle. So I made it. And then I was like, well, now I have to make a podcast episode to go with it. Um, now, this is my bad person. <laughs> um, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is my bad person, which may throw off a lot of people because many, many people like Derek Okora. Um, I'm really sorry. I'm going off on a tangent already. Do you still do the bad person, good person like rotation? Because for me, I don't. Do. I How... don't consciously think about that anymore. I think I just randomly do people whenever I feel like it. So this is a, this is also an interesting point. If listeners, you'll bear with us for a second. Um, I we've said the longer we've done this, people tend not to be good or bad. They tend to be grey. Uh, yeah, they yeah, fit yeah. in this grey area, and so I do still think about who's good and who's bad, but. Um, with Derek Okora, you would you would probably initially just put him in sort of maybe the good section because you know what's he done really. But then when you think about it, you're like, well, I have issues with the way his career it went and what he does, and for that reason, there's a greyness to him which allows me to put him in the bad section. So, Fair enough. Um, yeah, there's yeah, I'm starting to think there's no such thing as good or bad. Nah, that's quite philosophical of you. Like. <laughs> Here's like uh, uh, something to look forward to. I am going to do an episode at some point in the future on Mother Teresa. Now, I will let oh, you wow. decide whether that is going to go in the good or bad category. Now, if you've listened to us for a while, you're probably going to assume where I would put it. Mother Teresa? Yeah. Um, I don't know, Ryan. I don't know where your head's at. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I want to put her in a bad category. But I think I'm gonna do it in good. Anyway, that's another. I mean, episode. she's a saint, isn't she? But yeah, fair. Yeah, she. Yeah, that's another episode that's coming sometime in the future. So look out for that. Um, that's something to look forward to. But we are talking about Derek Akora in this episode. <clears throat> so let's start, shall we? Now, in the UK, when we think of psychics and mediums, we might think of psychic to the stars Sally Morgan, who said she was the personal psychic to Princess Diana, although. She evidently wasn't very good at it, was she? Um, we might also think of Doris Stokes, author and self-proclaimed medium, who was condemned by the Church of England for talking to the spirit world. In fact, after her death, an investigation showed that she actually used cold reading techniques. But the absolute gold standard of UK TV psychics is the charismatic Derek Okora, a man both revered and ridiculed in the UK, yet universally loved by all. Now, before we really get into it, I have to start with this. I don't trust mediums. I think they're very gifted storytellers who use the emotions of others for monetary gain. When it comes to Derek, whilst researching for this episode, I watched and read a lot of articles and interviews of him where he tells essentially the same stories, but each one has a slight difference. No two stories ever exactly the same, and if it was in a court of law, he would likely be accused of making it up. But this show is scripted. We like to weave a narrative in our episodes, a beginning, a middle, and an end, something that's easy to follow and enjoy. So, going forward, if I come to a story of Derek's that has another version told by himself, I will mention it. Now, 
I'm not going to call Derek uh, a liar. However, I am going to point out that his stories don't quite add up. Now, this could be for misremembering or just choosing to go into more detail when he feels like it. Either way, I feel it's important to mention just off the get-go. Um, James, do you have any experience with mediums in your lifetime? Have I ever like met one in person? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I have. My, But I grew up watching a lot of ghost shows because my mum absolutely loves them. Yeah. She believes in ghosts. Um. I, I I like to believe in ghosts because I think it makes the world more interesting. But logically, maybe not. I don't know. I've never seen one. I've been in rooms where I feel like I've been watched and stuff. But then again, that's just your mind. Uh, but in terms of mediums, no, I've never never met one. I've I've met people that think they can see people's auras and things like that. Yeah. Um. Whether I believe that, I don't. I don't know. But I actually have no. uh, a few interactions with mediums in my past Mm. um i when i was 17 had a sitting with a medium uh who told me that the girlfriend i was with at the time would be the one i married um that didn't happen (laughs) well you never know ryan it could all come back around thing in it it's like well one (laughs) day you'll come into some money and it's like well yeah i'm gonna get paid at the end of the month like yeah yeah uh, and then she also told me, because uh, at the time I was at college doing drama, but I was mm. also an army cadet and I was deciding whether I wanted to join the military or not. And mm. uh, I asked her advice, what way should I go? And she said, either way, uh, it will take you abroad. Now, oh, for God's sake, if I like... joined the military, there's a high chance I would have gone abroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and had I been a performing actor uh, again, there's the likelihood that you'd go abroad at some point. Yeah. Um. So very vague. Proper sit on the fence. Very vague. Uh, she also told me that uh, I had a spirit animal. Uh, it was a little dog that followed me around. Right. Uh, and she also told me that my I was followed by my uh, paternal grandmother who had passed away before I even knew her. Um. Mm. And she watches over me. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> She helps. I mean, that's nice, yeah. but like anyone can say that. Yeah, I know. What I mean, like literally, that's anyone's. Everyone, everyone could have exactly the same thing. <laughs> um, I think I'm. Re- I'm really going to out it here, and I'm really sorry. Oh, I don't work for them anymore, so I don't care. Um, a place, my place of old place of work is a medieval castle, and they do like ghost tours because obviously that's what people are there for, of a night, and it's all scripted. Like, the whole thing is scripted, and yet people go in there, and people pretend to be mediums, and oh, pretend to have, no. like, these reactions to things. And, like, like, guests will come in and start fainting and be like, I was possessed. And you walk around with them, like, no, you're not. Like, I have lunch in this room. Like, you're just straight up yeah. not. I've been here, like, every day for two years, and I've never experienced anything. You've been here for five minutes, and you're possessed. Um, shall we, uh, shall we... I don't know if you remember, James. Obviously, everyone's aware of the former place that James and I worked at, where we met. Uh, James, do you remember a little while ago they put they posted a video about uh, ghosts I in do, the building? Yeah. yeah. Do, should we out that? So should we out that or not? Yeah, because we knew the people right. in the video, and all the stories are absolute lies. Lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Like none of this had happened. Like we're good friends with yeah. some of the people, and we've never heard these stories. No, before, never, ever. never heard these stories come from their mouths. They've never mentioned it before, and then they just turned up in an Instagram video, and they were telling about the things that they've seen, and that oftentimes when they're working, you just casually see it, and you're just totally used to it now. And it's like no one's ever seen anything at that place. No one. No, no. one. <laughs> I, I, I'd never seen anything there, like ever. Honestly, so oh. funny. But then this is the kind of shit that sells tickets, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and later on, we get on to a very popular ghost show, and they have history with the London Dungeon of Old when it was at Tooley uh, Street yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in central London. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. Anyway, so, yeah, no, I, I uh, also have been ghost hunting in my time. Um, I was told, apparently, I'm a sensitive, and that's not just an insult. Um, I was told that uh, I, I was walking around an area in Essex called Coalhouse Fort, and it's a very old fort. It's got loads of underground tunnels, and we were wandering around it, and there was a medium showing us around in these dark tunnels. And uh, throughout the experience, I was getting a pounding headache, like seriously pounding headache. And I was I was on the verge of just screaming and shouting. I was really in a lot of discomfort. And um, eventually, when I brought it up to the medium, I was like, I really don't feel very good. I just need to get some air. They took me out very quickly, sat me down, gave me a cup of tea. And this is like 3 a.m. And they were like, so, um, yeah, you're actually what we would call a sensitive. And basically, you know how uh, a moth is attracted to a light? Yeah. Um, and the brighter the light, the more attractive it is. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, humans have an aura. And mm-hmm. some of us have brighter auras than others. And like a bright light bulb to a moth, I am a light bulb to a ghost. I see. Um, I give off a lot of life force, apparently, which is odd because I'm so depressed. <laughs> uh, and the ghosts are just drawn to me. And that's what causes the headache. I'm sensitive. I'm prone to it. And I was like, right, okay, well, I don't really want to go back in then. Um, and that's how I found that out. I was like, right, okay. And they were like, yeah, so you could if you wanted to, like, channel this. I'm like, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. I don't like ghosts. So, yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, oh, this, sorry, this is going to be a really long episode because it's the longest one you've ever written. And also, there's so many conversations to be had. So everyone <laughs> buckle in. But I'm obviously, I worked at a medieval castle and... There's two two stories here. One of them is mine. I was in um, a room by myself, dark room, quite a creepy room. And someone behind me said my name and said hello. Ooh. And I turned around and there was no one there and there was no one anywhere in the vicinity next to me. And I'm, I swear to God, clear as day, I heard it. And people in the same room have had the same experience of someone saying hello to them. And also in another room, multiple people, because I worked there and then I left for a couple of years and then I came back. Every time I'm there, multiple people have had the same sighting of a dog like a ghost dog same breed and everything and they don't know each other and they've just and they've both said the exact same thing so at that point i'm kind of like okay maybe something is going on here yeah wonder but then the thing with that is that if if enough people have said the same story we've all heard it you're more likely to see it yeah yeah absolutely i never saw it but i just found it really weird how two people had the same encounter despite never meeting hmm how bizarre Mm. um so Let's start where we always do. Derek Acora was born Derek Johnson to parents Frederick and Elizabeth in Bootle, Liverpool in 1950. He was born into a working class family with his dad working out at sea quite a lot of the time. Now, I couldn't figure out what his mother did, but we know that the family was struggling, unable to afford a home of their own. And because of this, the family all lived in his maternal grandmother's home. Although... In other interviews, 
he describes visiting his grandmother's home often for dinner and doesn't actually say that he lived there. So, you know, there's a, 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 a contradiction there right from the start. Now, his childhood appeared to be that of a normal kid for the time, especially a young Liverpudlian, since Derek was obsessed with football and knew that he wanted to be a professional footballer when he grew up. But when he was just six, he discovered that he had a talent that wasn't bound to our physical realm. One day in the attic playroom at his grandmother's home, he saw a tall grey man in a, quote, grey charcoal suit. Now, Derek didn't immediately think he was talking to a spirit. Instead, he questioned how this man could have got into his grandmother's home. Did he have a key? Did he know his grandmother? But Derek had been called down to dinner, so he needed to leave. But before he left, the man asked Derek to tell his grandmother that he had been speaking to Richard. So, six-year-old Derek does as he's told. He goes down to the uh, goes down to the kitchen where he finds his grandmother and he tells her everything about her his experience with the man in the grey uh, charcoal suit. His grandmother's response was to go to a cupboard pulling out an old tin box. She emptied the contents onto the table, sifting through photos and asked Derek to pick out who he had seen in the pictures. He recognised two photos as being the man in the attic, although in other stories he says three. One of him as a younger man and the other of the man Richard in the attic wearing the exact same grey charcoal suit in the picture. Now his grandmother looked at Derek, then looked at Derek's mother and then back at him and says, quote, Don't worry son, that man will never get back in this house again. And it was left at that. Derek sometimes fails to mention who the man was in interviews, but in some other interviews he says that it's his grandfather, so there's again a contradiction here. Now, kids see shit all the time, right? We know this, kids see shit all the time. And moreover, kids are seriously nosy, right? They love to snoop around, opening cupboards and stuff. Which brings me to my point. Derek described the man as wearing a grey charcoal suit. Fair enough. However, when looking at the picture to confirm that the man was indeed the man in the attic, he's also wearing a grey charcoal suit. My problem is this, James. In 1956, there wasn't many colour photographs, meaning mm. that nearly all pictures of men in suits would be either black, white or grey charcoal. Mm -hmm. Now, unless our guy in the picture was wearing a grey charcoal suit at the day that picture was taken which would be one hell of a lucky coincidence, it appears that our ghost in the attic has appeared in black and white. Which leads me to my conclusion that Derek may have actually seen this picture before and was either playing a game or was lying. I mean, it stands a fair chance, especially with what's to come about his career, isn't it? Like, <laughs> Yeah. But that's really funny that the pictures are in black and white and he's seeing black and white in real life. It's just too coincidental. Like, Why would he appear in a black and white suit like just is it not coloured in any way, shape, or how? You know, it's grey charcoal. Grey charcoal. Okay. Well, you said it was grey charcoal in the picture. Well, that picture's black and white, so. Uh. Yeah, could have been like anyway. a navy blue. But yeah, either playing a game or lying. Now, I don't know many six-year-olds that play games or lie. So why would he? You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, three years seem to go past with no more paranormal experiences, which is lucky. But for some reason, age nine. 
Derek's mother and grandmother sit him down for a chat. His grandmother explains to him that she is a psychic medium like her mother and grandmother before her. She can see and converse with the dead and she does small private readings for people and believes that her clairvoyant gifts would die with her since her daughter showed no psychic signs. But it appears to have skipped a generation. Derek was a psychic and he would follow in her footsteps as a medium, which is pretty heavy to lay on a nine-year-old child, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Now, Derek protested, saying that he didn't want to see ghosts or be a medium. He just wanted to play football. Well, luckily for young Derek, his grandmother had a vision. He would play football professionally, for a team in red and white. And as luck would have it, Derek would go on to play football for a team in red and white. Aged 13, he joined Bill Shankly's Liverpool Academy. Well done, Grandma, for the prophecy. Now, I'm not here to shit all over Derek Okora on this episode, although I have done it a little bit so far. Because he's in my bad person category, right? Some of them are allowed to do a little bit of it. But Derek's grandmother prophesied that he would play football for a team in red and white. Now, at the time, and even today, the two biggest teams in Liverpool are Liverpool Football Club and Everton Football Club, and only Mm. one of them wears red. It's not really that that much of a stretch to assume that out of the two local professional teams, one of which is in red and one's in blue, he would play for one of them. Yeah, especially because if you're born in Liverpool, like generally you're born into a team, you don't really get to choose. So I imagine... His family were Liverpool fans. Right, so when he's going, I just want to play football, I want to play football, and his mum, his nan's like, yeah, you will, and it will be for a team in red and white, and he'll go, oh, that's Liverpool. Yeah, until he ends up in like a Sunday league with a team that just has a red shirt. Can you imagine how gutted not quite it have been? What I meant. Can you imagine how gutted it have been if she'd gone, no, you will play football for a team in blue, and he'll go, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> not Everton. Not Everton. No one wants to play for Everton. No, that's very true. Plus... Uh, I need to point out, Liverpool Football Club, before their godlike manager Bill Shankly, wasn't the successful team that we know today. It was lingering in the second division. The stadium was in disrepair. In fact, the training ground was described as, quote, a shambles by their godlike manager when he arrived in 1959. So I don't think it's too out of the realms of reality to assume that nearly any boy who lived within the city limits of Liverpool would be considered for Liverpool Football Club's academy and would likely Mm. go on to get at least a start for the team if they were remotely good. Yeah. Either way, her prophecy helped to calm Derek over the news of his psychical gifts. The pressure was off. He would play football regardless of his psychic abilities, which made him more open to being trained by his psychic grandmother, which she did. Every Friday, Derek went to his grandmother's house to be trained in the arts of clairvoyancy. Now, at the beginning of this section, I did also say that in the three years between the ages of six and nine, nothing happened until Mm -hmm. age nine when they had the chat. But in a separate interview, Derek also says that the training he received from his grandmother was in that three-year gap between six and nine. So that's kind of a big thing to miss or gloss over. Um, Yeah. And it's one of those that, like, realistically... During his career, when he was alive, how often did you look at an interview by Derek Okora unless he was in your local town doing a show at your local theatre 
or mm. if it was on like the news with uh, most haunted or something so what's yeah. the likelihood that someone like me doing a podcast is going to look at multiple interviews by Derek Kakora and be like none of this matches <laughs> i don't think he really well, knew about that <laughs> no but hello here now <laughs> yeah anywho focusing on his football career if you will let us do that for a second um <laughs> age 13 Derek signed schoolboy terms with Liverpool Football Club. When he was 15, he signed as an apprentice pro, and by the time he was 17, he was a professional footballer. He'd realised his dream. Nan's prophecy had come true. Now, Derek would supposedly go on to have quite the career, and I say supposedly on purpose. In interviews, talking about his footballing past, he likens... Uh, Liverpool's godlike manager Bill Shankly to that of a father figure recalling one time where he warned first team player Emlyn Hughes to be careful of his new car in fact um, <clears throat> pardon me he says uh, in an interview he's like he was talking to Emlyn during training and Emlyn was like um, oh I'm picking up a new car tomorrow and he's like oh why well, yeah, da, da, da. apparently this is like some 17 year old kid talking to like Liverpool's like star midfielder at the time had been like, oh, you're getting a new car, right? And he's like, oh, you want to be careful with that. And then he's like, what are you on about? And he's like, bit of a dodgy road. And he's like, because apparently he had a vision. He had a vision. Right. Uh, but he didn't want to tell anyone. No one knew that he was a psychic. Um, and he didn't want to freak an- anyone out. So he was like, oh, it's just a, it's just a bad road, isn't it? Like, you know, <laughs> just be careful. So anyway, he's warned Emlyn Hughes to be careful with his new car. The next day, Emlyn came late to training, having written off his car. Ooh. Oh, indeed. <laughs> now, um, Bill Shankly supposedly came up to the still teenage Derek and said, quote, Son, where do you get all this from? You've got to leave that at home. You just bring your boots here and you play football. Uh, now, I don't know if that's true, but I admire anyway that this manager was like, I don't get a toss, mate. Just play football. That's literally yeah. what you're here to do. Just play football. Like, managers back then were a different breed. <laughs> yeah, proper football in man yeah. football. And he was Scottish. So it's like, oh, you don't want to mess this guy up. Yeah. <clears throat> now, he did, by all accounts. Um, he recalls uh, playing against Manchester United superstar George Best, describing him as too fast and like the wind. Best apparently kicked Derek so hard that it sent him to the hospital with a stud in his ankle. I mean, anyway. But now, listen, my issue here, and for the majority of the listenership, especially um, those not in the UK, please do forgive us for a moment whilst we talk about football. Um, I did some digging and found that Derek Okora, known as Derek Johnson in his football days, of course, he had not taken up the mantle of Okora, never made it to first team football. Never. Um, so it's likely he never played under this godlike manager, Bill Shankly, who he says was a father figure, because he only made it as far as the reserves. Now, that's not something to shirk at, right? You'd have to be moderately good at football to even be there. Yeah. But I have doubts that Derek, Derek Johnson at the time, as part of Liverpool reserves, got to play against a Man United legend such as George Best. I just don't, I don't, I can't picture a moment unless he was being punished and he was playing with some like under 21s or something. Yeah, he's got to play the reserve game. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, George Best, Best did like to, 
drink and spend a lot of time with women, so maybe he was late to training and had to play with the reserves. Maybe. Um, but I just think it's a bit odd uh, how he's so like, you know, uh, I don't know, he talks about him like he's his best mate or something. It's like, apparently you played against him once and he kicked you so hard and sent you to the hospital. Yeah. Right, come on. <laughs> um, but nor do I think that Shankly gave a damn about some teenager playing, uh, making prophecies to one of his star midfielders. Um, plus, whenever someone gets a new car, people do generally say stuff like, oh, be careful with that, she's a powerful car, or like, you know, don't get any scratches mm-hmm. on that, yeah. be careful with it. Like, You know what I mean? I just think it's coincidence that he was like, oh, you want to be careful with that car, and then he happens to have crashed it the day he got it. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's a bit odd. Uh, and then there's his football career. Now, apparently... Uh, Akora played briefly for Wrexham in North Wales, Glentoran in Belfast and Stockport County. Now, the only problem I have is that when looking into the squad lists for the time, I can't find him anywhere. No Derek Johnson to be found on any transfer lists or any squads for the time. Now, Derek claims he played with a young Scottish forward called Alex Young at Glentoran in Belfast. Now... (laughs) <laughs> pardon me, I found Alex easy peasy even found his transfer fee from Everton, but I couldn't find Derek, and he supposedly played there for a couple of seasons but I, I would be damned if I could find anything mm. now, for a few years into his playing career, Derek was offered the chance to play in Australia he and his wife, Joan, had recently had a son, so discussions were had and they decided to go for it Derek played for Poor Adelaide in state in the state league. Now we have quite a few Australian listeners. Now, um, if any of our Australian listeners want to send us a message on how Australian football leagues work, please do send it in because I'm so confused. Australian I, as far leagues. as I, th- yeah, honestly, you think English pyramid t- uh, the pyramids uh, like what well, leagues are confusing like. Australian football is so confusing. You've got the A-League, which is like our Premier League. Yeah. And then you've got, which is like NPL, which is like a national Premier League. And that's like different states have different leagues. Uh, and then, or, or regions, sorry. Um, and then it goes down. There's like, I'm not joking. There's like nine tiers. And these nine tiers split up into like 10 different tiers themselves. I guess it's like, because so the country is so massive. Like away fans, <laughs> it would be ridiculous to travel. America do the same. They have um, separate leagues based on like coast or north or south or something. Just to yeah. save people to travel. It's madness. It's it, Honestly, I was looking at it. Uh, a table trying to break it down and I was like I don't get this and I even watched a YouTube video of some young aspiring footballer in Australia try to break it down and even he didn't understand his own football leagues and I was yeah. like right <laughs> okay <laughs> um, but um, I think state league football in Australia is sort of the equivalent of our league one you know like where Sunderland MK yeah, Dons yeah, yeah. all that kind of you know not top tier football by any stretch of the matter but you know professionals mm-hmm. you know they, they can yeah, they can play football, but they'll probably sort of they don't go much further up or anything. Yeah. Now, it's uh, the nineteen nineties now uh, in Australia, and they've been in Australia for a few years. But by this point, his wife is starting to feel homesick, so the family head back to the UK, where Derek hangs up his boots for good, supposedly through injury. Now, this is my whole point about the football thing. I don't doubt that Derek played football at, at some level. Um, I just think he's being very economical with the truth. 
um and i think that's his whole shtick like he just is very a good storyteller he's yeah. really good at engaging people or making them believe him i think and i like to say i think yeah sure he played football at some level i just don't think he was as good as he says he was or played as much as he says he did because mm-hmm. this was a thing when he died uh, i read uh, an article from a belfast newspaper that said oh ex glentoran player passes away Derek Agora, and mentions that Derek Agora played for Glentoran. But when I, like I say, when I looked for it, I couldn't find any documents or any history or any like anything that said he did. Mm. And I'm wondering whether a lot of these places just say it because they've heard it. Probably, yeah. It puts him on the map a little bit. Yeah. Now, luckily for Derek, he didn't listen to his father figure manager uh, to focus on his football. Derek had been visiting mediums and learning the trade all through his playing careers. So by the time he retired from football, Derek went full-time as a medium, like his grandmother had prophesied he would, and then changed his name from Derek Johnson to Derek Okora, which he claims comes from a Dutch ancestor. Now, after a few years doing private readings to make money, Derek receives a phone call from producers on a UK TV channel called Granada Breeze. It was a reality lifestyle channel. Uh, You know, it's the kind of one, it it was focused towards uh, housewives who were sort of, you know, doing the ironing in the living room during the day, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I'm not being sexist. That's literally what people thought housewives did during the 90s. Um, And so it had a lot of segments on like fashion, uh, home improvements, cooking, all that kind of stuff. But it also had a flagship show called Psychic Lifetime, which was hosted by presenter Becky Want. Now, it was the kind of um yeah, it, it was so much, it was tailored to like housewives, so it did like psychic readings, all this kind of stuff, star signs and all this kind of thing when they go, Oh yeah, you know, I'm a Gemini and apparently it means I'm allowed to be a knobhead and it's like, right, okay, I hate that more than anything. You're like, Oh, I'm I'm oh you're a Taurus, that would explain why you're a prick and it's like, no. So I, t- I take big beef with this, like I know a lot of people really believe in it, and if you do, fair enough. Like, that's your thing. But my parents had sex on a certain day in a certain month, and nine months later I appeared. Like, Mercury didn't tell them to do that. They just fucked. I think they fucked on Valentine's Day, and henceforth I was born in November. (laughs) Like... Yeah, yeah, no, fair, absolutely. It it, it just... Like... And there's a big thing at the minute, apparently Mercury's in retrograde and it affects like Wi-Fi and uh, signals and stuff. Like, fair enough. Yeah, the planets Probably do does. have... They do have power. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you believe in it, crack on. But also, I'm a Scorpio. And the second I tell people... I've genuinely been judged so many times because I'm wow. a Scorpio. Yeah. And I'm just like, people turn up their nose. I'm like, what, what, what do you want me to fucking do? Like, crawl back into my mum and pop out in another month. Yeah. No, I am... I, um... I like to throw these people off because apparently there's a thing called cusps where you kind of lie on both. Like you can lie between two star signs, but I know quite a few star sign enthusiasts that don't believe in cusps. Um, In fact, I worked with one at the dungeon who got so fucking angry when I was like, oh, I'm a Leo Virgo cusp. (laughs) And she was like, no, you can't be a cusp. I was like, well, I am because I was actually supposed to be born a week before um but complications meant i was born a week later which made me a virgo and also i'm born on the 25th and leo stops on the 24th 
So like only by like nine hours am I a, mm. a, a Virgo. So I'm always like, oh, I'm a Leo Virgo cusp because I remember used to reading the Virgos and be like, this makes no sense to me. But I'd read the Leo and you make it make more sense to you. Um, and it just throws them off massively. <laughs> well, but this is the thing about horoscopes. They, they're all very generic. They'll all mean something to you. It's like fortune cookies. I've never had a fortune cookie that isn't relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, fortune cookie. I imagine you'll be very, you'll be fed very well soon. So yeah, I will yeah, be. I will is. be. <laughs> a lot of mine are quite ominous sometimes. Like something bad is about to happen. I'm like, fuck, yeah, probably. But I don't need my Chinese to tell me that. Yeah. Now, um, Psychic Lifetime wanted Derek to come onto the show to do a segment on reading tea leaves. Now, Derek admitted that he didn't read tea leaves, much to his credit. His grandmother could, but he never learnt the skill. But funnily enough, the producers didn't really give a shit whether Derek could read tea leaves or not. Right. <laughs> this is the thing I find so funny, is that no one, like, they don't take him seriously. They really don't take it seriously. He's like, I don't read tea leaves and I don't care. Just read tea Just leaves. Read them, read them anyway. <laughs> no, the, apparently he said in an interview what they'd said to him was, um, <laughs> just pretend, right? Um, basically, they said, well, just do what you do. Do your psychic shit thing and pretend that you got it from the tea leaves. And he goes, well, that's a lie. And they went, no, it's not. You're still using your psychic powers, are you not? And he was like, fair enough. And so he did it. <laughs> Fuck's sakes. <laughs> and it's the fact that he admitted it. I was like, well, you just, I just think you've ruined all credibility by just simply admitting it. That it's a I lie. I don't read, like, but, but he sp- he's tried to spin it in a way that made the producers look bad. As if they were like, oh, no, we don't care if you can or not. Just keep doing your psychic thing. As if he did a good thing. It was like, well, I still use my psychic abilities. It's like, that doesn't prove nothing. Um. Anyway. <laughs> he agreed to the ruse and Derek made his first TV appearance as a psychic in 1998 and was immediately a hit with his charisma and wit. He would go on to do over a 100 episodes with Psychic Lifetime. He would do live phone-in readings to viewers and oftentimes did readings to audience members who were along watching the show. Alongside him, there were people who so specialised in translating dreams, uh, another who read the stars for you, uh, one guy could tell everything about you by sticking his finger in your belly button. Oh, and that creeps me out, man. Don't <laughs> it's do a that really weird people. video. It's really weird. <laughs> oh, stop. Why? Oh, for fuck's sake. He's got and a fetish and he's just he's found a way to make money out of it. Literally, he's found a way to just sort of like be very inappropriate to all people. Um, mm. But so I, I think the, the, the program where this guy's on, they brought in a belly dancer for him to read. And he oh, like Christ. she's got her belly button pierced, and he's got his finger in her belly button as well. And he's like, mm. if um you know obviously uh, yeah I know you're a belly but belly dancer, but like you know you know um if I hadn't seen you in all your stuff, I would say you're very outgoing. And it's like right, okay. Well, she's a belly probably <laughs> she's a belly dancer with her belly out. <laughs> she's clearly quite body confident. Yeah, and he's like, you've got a body, you've got like a belly piercing, so um like obviously that shows that you're very confident and like comfortable in your own body. And it's like she's literally stood in a belly dancer outfit, like. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um. Yeah. Now, Derek, however, was never alone. This is my favourite part of the episode, I'll be honest with you. Derek was never alone. Not only did he have spirits with him at all times, there was one very special spirit guiding him throughout his life. In one of Psychic Lifetime's episodes, Derek is talking to a spirit with host Becky Want at his side. 
Derek was being pushed from behind by this spirit, practically out of his chair. And Becky Want was asking what was going on, to which Derek turned to the spirit and said, how dare you? And Becky then goes, what? Sorry, what's going on? Derek then turns looking towards Becky, but actually looking past Becky and then says, quote, okay, Sam. Who's Sam? exclaimed Becky. And here is where our story goes back in time, James. More than 2,000 years ago to Ethiopia in a small remote village. Now you're probably wondering, where is this going? Where the fuck is this going? (laughs) Where is this going? We're back in time in Ethiopia 2,000 years ago. (laughs) Well, in this village lived a small boy. Quote, a little black boy, as Derek puts it. One day a group of marauding invaders came into this Ethiopian village and massacred everyone in the village. Luckily, the little boy was out at the time. When he came back, he found his family dead. Not knowing what to do, he stayed in his family home for two days until a man called Masumai came to the aid of the little boy. Masumai was a travelling oracle who took the young boy under his wing and they spent the rest of their lives together. Eventually, when the little boy became an old man and he got close to dying, he closed his eyes and died. And then his eyes opened again, but this time his surroundings were very different. The old man was no longer in Ethiopia, nor was he an old man. But he was a baby, and he was in Liverpool, and he was then given the name Derek. (laughs) Yep, that's right. Right. Derek claims that he was an Ethiopian man in a past life and his spirit guide Sam is the oracle Masumai that saved him 2,000 years ago. (laughs) What what do you even say to that? (laughs) I watched the interview where he tells this woman that he's, uh, as he puts it, a little black boy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) She's just like, all right, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Sam's a massive mind. He's an oracle. And, 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 and he, 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 he oh, this is the thing as well. He actually made an exclusive on that interview. He said that Sam, or Masumai, Sam, his spirit guide, uh, has told Derek that he's coming back. He will be reincarnated, but he cannot be on the same plane as Derek. So when Derek passes over, Masumai will then be born again. Sam will then be born into a new body, and then uh, Derek will be Sam's spirit guide. How are you not getting I'm... this, James? How are you not under? This is so fucking basic and simple. How would you not understand? <laughs> uh, what? But what he's clearly done is gone and researched a random part of history that no one else can really research, just so like no one can prove him wrong. Found yeah. like a, an old tribe or something. Picked a name. And just gone with it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> why would you... Do- why Ethiopia, though? I why know. Have you- <laughs> oh, this guy's weird, man. And obviously, like... So now, apparently, this kid is now out there again. Yeah, Sam... Sam Masumai may have been born again right now. We've no idea. Derek's been dead two years, so Sam's probably about two. So he's got about another well, sort of four or five years before uh, Derek makes himself known to him. If you happen to be listening, Sam, get in touch, and we'll love to have you on the podcast. This is a thing, right? 
we, we there is there is a golden opportunity for someone if you're listening now if you're a good gifted storyteller maybe a training actor or something give it and maybe 15 years you could i'm not joking you could make a career out of this saying that derek akora is your spirit guide no one will, no one will say otherwise though and if you come to the uk and said it they believe you people are very impressionable yeah now um <laughs> so sam is Derek's constant companion and guides him to make all the right decisions except for the lottery because that would be immoral that's, that's actually true he's like he, he doesn't he's not allowed he won't tell me the lottery tickets <laughs> um <laughs> I love the idea of this like 2000 year old spirit guy just being like understanding the lottery and being like no it's immoral no we're not doing that um, it's immoral <laughs> yeah that's uh, Sam would go on to be as famous as Derek at the height of his fame, always being mentioned by him on shows, helping him to decipher the spirit noise coming in so that he could get the correct messages across. And on many occasions, Sam would act as a bouncer for more malevolent spirits. And I kind of imagine it's how, um, I imagine it looking how Gandalf looked when he was fighting off the Balrog, just, you know, some really malevolent spirits coming about. And he's like, nah, you shall not pass. That's how I imagine it. Yeah. I really want it to look it, like it's- that. I imagine so. Speaking of that, um, my housemates, well, two of my three housemates have never seen Lord of the Rings, so we're currently going through them. We finished Two Towers oh, a couple of days ago. Excellent. They're really enjoying it, really enjoying it. And I'm glad as well, because obviously you start with Fellowship and it's a bit of a slow start. It is. And you really hope that they really fall in love with the characters. And they haven't told me otherwise, so I, th- I think they have. I honestly think... I hope they have. The Fellowship is my favourite. Really? Which is an odd one, I know. Many people say you prefer... No, no, they're all fantastic. Like, There's no wrong choice here. Um, Two Towers is mine, I think. Mm. I just, I, I've always enjoyed the um, the sort of the gang all together and what... Yeah, I, the Boromir and everything. I just, yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, Lord of the Rings is fucking wonderful. Yeah. Hobbit, near The new series comes out in September, doesn't it? So hopefully they don't fuck that up. Yeah, let's look forward to the trailer at the Super Bowl If you Bowl are interested in Sunday. Lord of the Rings, go and... Uh, listen to our Tolkien episode. Yeah, for you sure. You have to scroll all the way down because it was like our first one. So Yeah. Um, now, Psychic Lifetime would end in the early 2000s due to poor ratings, but it wasn't the end for Derek. His star was still rising. Uh, maybe Mercury was in the way, I'm not sure. But he was commissioned for many TV shows in the channel Living TV, basically a spin-off of Granada Breeze, but with more of a focus on the paranormal. See, they sort of discovered what it was that people actually liked. And they were like, right, we're going to just make this show and we're just going to make it more paranormal. Now, but um, Derek had the typical show where he, you know, it, it, you know, we've seen them all in America. It's like this one guy is just in front of an audience and he just rattles off stuff to a bemused audience of people that are desperate to be spoken to. Like every single person there likely has experienced death. And they've all lost someone. And all someone needs to do is walk in the middle and go, I'm sensing uh, John anyone got john and someone would be like me yeah okay he says he loves you he says he misses you you know what i've just you know phoenix nights i think it's phoenix nights i can never not think of the scene where it's the medium and he's walking around he's getting he goes up to a guy's like, i'm getting the word nonce <laughs> it's just so funny have you never seen that no <laughs> I'll, I'll send you a link after this it's the funniest fucking clip that's great <laughs> um Right, so going forward, this is the stuff that gets me. Like some of the weird shit that Derek Akora did, right? Just because he's psychic, they were like people just make weird stuff. Um, Derek did a show called Antiques Ghost Show, which is very punny. 
Antiques Ghost. That is really good. Yeah, Antiques really Ghost good. Show, where he was given an antique by families and asked to explain the history behind them. Uh, so in one episode, um, he was given an old army medal to which he was able to conclude that this medal belonged to a man. He sensed uh, war-torn conditions when he held it. He got a sense that the man had a will to survive and that he would kill before being killed. Now, this medal did indeed belong to a man who earned it during the First World War. But when you're handled a medal, I think it's pretty safe to assume that whoever earned it may have been in war-torn conditions, may have had a sense to survive, and may rather prefer to have killed than be killed. Mm. <laughs> and all the time, the owners of the medal were sitting there going, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, like, at one point, he starts rubbing his leg, and he's like, why are you rubbing your leg? And he's like, I'm just getting energy right from my leg. And it's like almost like he's gone, oh, you've asked me why I'm rubbing my leg. It evidently means that. He's like, oh, I'm getting energy rubbing my leg. And then he starts hopping on it. And then he's like, he did lose his leg. And it's like, oh, I, I knew that. I knew that. He lost his leg. <laughs> um, now, Derek also tried his hand at reading animals. He once appeared on an Irish news program where he met Teddy, a little doggy whose owner was very concerned about him. Derek managed to deduce, Derek managed to deduce that Teddy had seen trauma and that being in the comfort of his owner took all that away but warned her that teddy is too trusting he will go off with anyone and that she has to keep him by her side 24 7 to which teddy's owner agreed saying yes teddy is too trusting he will run off with anyone uh, Derek, which dogs do right all he's doing here is describing a dog. He's just describing a dog to someone who really gives a shit about her dog, but not as a dog owner. Because dogs just as do a, take trauma. As a child surrogate. Like, yeah, but dogs do take trauma away. You're having a shit day and you see a dog. Yeah. Your day is better. Um, Derek also foresaw that Teddy would go on to live a very long life, which, again, comforted the owner. He's no idea if that dog yeah. is dead or not. <laughs> He's no idea. No. no, she'll never contact him again. No, uh, but it was in 2001 when Derek's career peaked. Specifically, though, 2002, but in 2001, this gets good for him. Uh, he signs on uh, with a show called Haunting Truths, mm. which very quickly, by 2002, was sold to Living TV and renamed Most Haunted. Oh, we all know that. Now, Most Haunted is the most popular ghost show in the UK. Everyone has watched it, and we all have our favourite moments from the show. In mm-hmm. fact, I, I used to watch it with my mum as a kid, and I used to be terrified watching it, but I just couldn't help watching it. I, I was, yeah, I used to watch it with my mum as well. Yeah, I used to try and decipher what it was I was watching, but I could never do it as a 10-year-old. And it even I even began to believe in ghosts because of this show. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. And, 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 and James, obviously, I've asked you before, but yeah, you used to watch it with your mum as well, right? Yeah, huh? And I so did. yeah, that that for me was like that. I because before then I had no sort of real uh, interaction with ghosts. You know, you watch horror films, but like it was a film, and now yeah, yeah, it yeah. took it into reality. And I was like, oh my god, these people are in real places and they're experiencing real stuff, and this is scaring me, and I can't explain it. And that was it's, it. I think that's where my fear of ghosts comes from. 
I mean, it's a natural fear to have. It's fascinating, though, that ghosts, like, always generate an audience. Because when we were looking at podcasts and what we could possibly do it on, um, we realised very quickly that paranormal and ghost stories and things are really fucking popular. People yeah. love it. And I think yeah. it's because it's it's the element of storytelling. It's the element of the unknown. And I think human beings, we're kind of really fascinated by that. Even sceptics, I'm sure it's no surprise to the listeners that we're both massive sceptics. We will still sit down and listen and watch ghost stories for hours just because we're fascinated by them. Oh, absolutely. And I, I would still sit in a dark room and think there's someone in the corner of it. Oh, yeah. I've got, yeah, coats, chairs, the the chair that you put all your clothes on. It, it all looks like a like a person. It's horrible. Yeah. But I don't... Oh, do I believe in... I don't know, Ryan. I don't know. <laughs> I I want to. Um Yeah, I'm the same. I want to and I my my brain tricks me into thinking that they are even though I know they don't. Yeah, what I do believe is that buildings and like places have memories. I, that sounds really weird, but I think like not a memory so like you can speak to it and it will tell you things, but it will hold feeling, if you know what I mean. Like you can walk into I don't know. This is a this is like the most extreme example. But I walked in. I, w- I went to Auschwitz, and there's a feeling when all it is now really is a plot of land. But there's that uh, sense that something fucking horrible has happened here. At the risk of going all Jimmy Carr and getting cancelled on this, but do you think that feeling came from knowing its history? Do you think if you had no reference for that place, you'd get the same feeling? Yeah, it's it's that's a really interesting question, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to it because obviously I can only see it from a place of um, what I knew happened there. But no birds fly overhead. Um, I don't know. It it it's got weird. But then also at work, well, I say at work, my old worker, a castle. Like some of the rooms just had a feeling. Yeah. And like each room had a different aura about it. I. It, some room like you i'm going off on a massive fucking weird tangent here i'm really sorry everyone (laughs) but you know when you walk into a room and you feel like you shouldn't be there yeah i think that's because something has happened in that place at some point and it still holds the feeling of it oh that's cool yeah i like the idea of that i don't know i just think it's like uh water has memory because it's passed through how many people no and it it remembers everything water has memory ryan (laughs) no because then by that by that one, you'd say, oh, uh, oh, Christ, what's that fake fucking medicine? Begins with H. Fake? H. It begins with an H. What is it? Medicine? Yeah, you know that fake medicine that everyone's going on about? Oh, I've done it in an episode before. I've talked about it before where it's like fake medicine. It begins with H. And it's like, it's the one where it's diluted in water and the water re- retains the memory. So it's like, if you, you can put a drop of paracetamol, say, in, a, in the ocean. And it'll still fucking remember it, and you could drink the water, and you'll get the same stuff. It's it, it's daft. <laughs> Look, I have seen Frozen Two, and I'm very aware that water has memory. Brilliant. <laughs> but no, I I really believe that places. Obviously, I've explained it. Not memory is in that you can talk to it, but it has a feeling. Places hold feeling. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, I think we should rename this show slightly tangential. That's actually a really good title for a podcast. Claimed, Claimed. copyrighted, <laughs> trademarks, that's ours. <laughs> there you go. Now, Most Haunted tried to do something that not many paranormal shows had done before. Take it all very seriously. Hosted by Yvette Fielding, the Most Haunted team consisted of historians, psychic mediums, parapsychologists and sceptics. And they wanted to make ghost hunting a legit science with credibility. And I think they made it look like that i do think they made it look that way now 
The show was to be tightly run. The historians would find out everything they could about a certain location and they'd keep it to themselves. The team would then wander the location in darkness using infrared cameras hoping to capture footage or audio of the paranormal. And for the first, uh, at least four series, they enlisted Derek Okora as their resident medium who would tell them about the location and any spirits he came across. The historian would then corroborate what Derek was able to find out and then the parapsychologist skeptics would try to debunk or come up with a, some other explanation. Now, that all seems to be above board, right? And and when you put it like that, you go, well, yeah, this seems like legit science. We, we spoke about um, the Warrens before and how their, uh, this, uh, what's it, the psychical research, paranormal psychical research team that they had, where they were ghost hunting, but not just wanting to see ghosts. They were documenting it scientifically. They've got cameras, they've got setups, they've got everything you need um, to try and make it more legit. And most of all, it almost tried to follow that same vein. And the show yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely blew up. Like, it was so popular in the UK with TV audiences. Now, I mentioned how it literally almost convinced me, but, like, you could argue that it was possibly responsible for convincing at least half the population that ghosts were real. Uh, and I cannot stress how popular this show was. Like, it had live event shows that would, like, sometimes be weeks long. Like, every single night, live event, uh, like investigating a certain building and millions of people watched it like halloween specials with most haunted were top notch mate we used to record those on the old virgin tv like oh that was great <laughs> um now objects were thrown uh voices were heard knocking was caught on camera but most convincingly of all james were the orbs many many oh everyone loves a fucking orb don't they <laughs> orbs man <laughs> Oh, so many orbs. It's just dust or dead skin. <laughs> it's not a ghost. But it was their star of the show who really sold it. Derek Okora showcased a new talent not seen on any of his previous TV work. While filming Most Haunted, Derek allowed spirits to possess him and talk through him, scaring and convincing the audience and investigators stood next to him. Now, looking back on it, it does seem very daft, and with my sceptic brain now, I find it very funny to watch. However, as a 10-year-old, man, this had me. Like, I was convinced Derek was possessed by ghosts. Derek would just be standing in a room, and then all of a sudden just go quiet. And you really could almost, like, hear the silence, and obviously probably done with editing trickery, but, like, it just would go mm. quiet. And then, like, your vet and the team would look at Derek, and they're like, Derek, are you okay? And then there'd be heavy breathing and maybe some weird snorting. And then the voices would come forth. And, oh, it was so good to watch. And it's good telly. It's really good telly. And I would... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, great if you've never watched it, just go on YouTube and like look up some Most Haunted. In fact, Most Haunted is now on YouTube. And you can watch some of their old stuff and new stuff on there. They're still going. Um, it's really worth the watch. It's very well produced. And it's, it's really good entertainment. I will stress that. It's very good entertainment. Um, mm. So Derek had left the building by this point, right? It's now the spirit or whoever was in the room in Derek's body. And oftentimes he would just stand there and sound very confused, not making many coherent sentences. But 
on the dramatic ones, Derek could become completely immobile, sometimes losing his legs, falling over, uh, and, and, and um, sometimes he got violent from these possessions. In, in one seance where a Ouija board was being used, Derek was possessed by a very aggressive person who screamed at everyone to go away. Yvette then tells the spirit she won't go away, to which the spirit's then like calling her, um, he's saying, oh, you called me here, you need to leave. And then she's like, well, we're not leaving, we're not leaving. Bear in mind, she's just having a go at Derek, because this is all fake, right? Yeah. And he starts calling her a bitch. He's like, you bitch, you bitch. And he starts squaring up to her, getting in her face. And then when he start, goes to grab her, that's when the team starts like restraining him and eventually like putting him to the floor and he comes round and they're like, oh my God, Derek. It's all very dramatic stuff, right? But that's how it's made to look. But it hooked mm-hmm. audiences. Even talking about it, having watched it again, I'm like, wow. <laughs> so it hooked them so much so most haunted was even complained about to Ofcom in the UK. That's a, a TV regulator. So you know, if you've got any problems mm-hmm. like you know, if Piers Morgan appears on TV, you just complain about it, right? Um, <laughs> uh, they claim that the show doesn't necessarily provide efficient uh, facts because obviously it's edited and they want more, basically. Yeah. And Ofcom responded saying that it wasn't a factual program; it was an entertainment program that shouldn't be taken seriously. <laughs> um. I mean that's very yeah. fair. Yeah, they're like, listen, this is not this is not a documentary. Like, what are you getting us upset about? <laughs> but it was Derek Akora who would make sure that the show's reputation and credibility crumbled with one line. So, so Ryan sent me links to watch before this, um, which I hor- horrendously forgot and watched them quickly this morning. But when that video came up, I, I instantly knew what it was because I think it's just an iconic moment of British television that we've probably all seen without knowing yes, we've seen it. Just Mary it's the most iconic Dick. thing from Derek Akora's entire career. Now, during a three-night live special, the team were on the hunt for the spirit of Dick Turpin, famous highwayman. Doing a walk around the location before turning out the lights, Derek is explaining to Yvette the feelings he's picking up when all of a sudden he makes a noise that can only be described as sounding like a cockerel <laughs> before becoming possessed and boldly claiming, quote, Mary loves Dick. Mary loves Dick. Mary loves Dick. Richard, don't say all those things about him. <laughs> Why have I just said this? <laughs> I just find it hilarious that obviously we all know that it's fake now. Most Haunted was outed as fake, so it was Derek Aquora. And they thought this would, would fly, and they aired yeah. it. Now, when the parapsychologist alongside asks Derek who he was, referring to the spirit, he comes back explaining, um, like Derek comes back. It literally happens exact moment. He's like all in this like spirit, like oh, I'm being possessed. Mary loves Dick. She loves Richard. She loves Dick. And then the guy's like, "Who are you?" And he immediately comes round because he's like, maybe he hasn't got an answer for it. So he just comes back. He's like, "Oh God, I'm back. I'm back." And he says, "Quote, just for a moment, an energy came, a nice lady, but I feel as though she's got this great love for Dick." For Dick, great love covers him up, you know, covers him up. <laughs> it's so stupid. It then cuts. It, is ridiculous. it then cuts back to the studio. Bear in mind as well, if you're watching your vet fielding, her hand is over her mouth the entire time because she cannot stop laughing. Yeah, she is pissing herself. It then cuts back to the studio where historians can confirm that there is actually a Mary associated with Dick Turpin. So it kind of, to some degree, stands up. Uh, so Mary could, by extension, love Dick. 
Um, they then cut to a commercial. The possession was hilarious to many who checked out having watched it. They were like, nah, fuck this. That, they're taking the piss now. And um, people, they, like, you know, they, they, they literally thought, that you, I can't take this seriously now. Like, uh, that's it. I can't take it seriously. Nor can I take him. But then behind the scenes, footage came out after further destroying the credibility of the show and Derek Okora. And as James mentioned, this did come out as almost being fake, but um, it, it, it didn't come out as being fake, but what what came out made it look bad. So the cameras were still rolling after they went to commercial break. And what is seen is Yvette, Derek, and the crew all pissing themselves laughing as Yvette says, quote, the best bit about that was Mary loves dick. Fuck me, I could not stop yeah. laughing. <laughs> then another crew member says, quote, does Derek win the 20 quid? To which Yvette's then, yeah. <laughs> now, when the... Just yeah, now, when this. the audience saw this, the majority of fans completely checked out. Not only did it seem like the, sevi- the, the, the seriousness of the show was in doubt over the Mary Loves Dick comment, the fact the team were all laughing afterwards making money jokes made it seem fake and deliberate. The show hit yeah. a rocky patch defending itself over this, but somehow managed to regain some standing, even keeping Derek on as their psychic medium. But the next possession would be his last on the show. During an investigation in 2005, Derek managed to become possessed by two spirits. One man named Creed Kaffer and and another one called Rick Edels. Now, the usual went down, heavy breathing, etc., etc., and then he comes round. The problem here was that the names Creed Kaffer and Rick Edels were given to Derek before the cameras were rolling by a parapsychologist on site deliberately. And these names were anagrams for Derek Faker and Derek Lies. Oh, fuck. And, <laughs> and so Derek was called out as a fake who had been conning his way all through six series of Most Haunted and was subsequently mm. fired. Well, how They fired him for being a fake, despite knowing full well that he was fake. But this is the thing. So Most Haunted claimed that they didn't know he was a fake, right? But whether the show... Yeah. Whether the show did or didn't know, they did genuinely have parapsychologists and sceptics on the show. So maybe the parapsychologists and sceptics weren't too aware of everything that was going on. Uh, yeah. In terms of like, they, maybe they weren't aware of how the show was edited, produced. They just came on board to sort of be an observer and make sure that everything's all you know above board. Um, so when this was like, apparently this was with the consent of uh, Yvette's partner. Um, but when the yeah the guys like, oh you know maybe just in casual conversation, we've heard about this guy called Rick Edels and Creed Caffer sort of haunt this place. And then later on, Derek's getting possessed by them coincidentally, and they're like, right. Yeah. Not only did I give you that information, those names are anagrams for Derek Lies and Derek Faker. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. I mean, the bare minimum he could do is do his own historical research on a place. Well, this is the thing. I th- Supposedly, the show, the way the, apparently the show was produced is Derek was not allowed to know anything about the location before he got put in basically a taxi and then driven there. Um, but I don't know if that's true because, like, you know, although he works for Most Haunted, he's going to have a life outside of it. And what if he's got, like, you know, oh, but you can't, you can't go away because you need to drive somewhere six miles, six hours away or something. I think he has to know something. Anyway, 
Yeah. Derek's career was severely damaged. He was known as a fraud, but not everyone believed it. Many still clung to his mystical powers, including himself, of course. He still believed in himself. Derek would... Gotta back yourself. Yeah, you gotta back yourself. Um, Derek would go on to do several other paranormal programs with smaller channels, uh, looking to get into the... Like, you know, carry on with the paranormal popularity and get that paranormal money. Uh, Such shows as Derek Okora's Ghost Towns, Derek Okora's Quest for Guy Fawkes, and the cleverly named Derek Okora. (laughs) (laughs) Derek still wanted to cash in on his fame. He made many cameo appearances in various shows that wanted to joke about the paranormal, regardless of how much it, you know, took the piss out of him. And that's the thing. Do you remember Harry Hill? Uh Uh-huh. Harry Hill's TV burp, right? Yep. They would take the piss out of his, like, getting possessed on Most Haunted, and then, like, Derek Okora's appearing on the show, uh, having the piss taken out of him, but he makes money. So, like, uh, he just doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. Um, Which, to me, just sounds like a bit of a cop-out. You know, just a sellout at that point, I think, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, in 2009, Derek appeared on the program Michael Jackson, The Live Seance, where he tried, and in my opinion, failed, to to commune with the spirit of the music icon just months after his death. Derek was the medium in control. Around the table were three diehard MJ fans, all dressed as him, apparently, because that's a bit weird. Um, Derek was... um, before the sound started, sorry, Derek is asked if MJ is likely to come through, to which Derek says, quote, You can never tell. You can't command Michael or any other spirit person to enter into our energy. However, I want to say to everyone sitting here before we start the seance that um, my guide Sam told me Michael's in close proximity. Like, yeah. Of course he is, because you're doing a show about Michael Jackson in yeah, a seance. Very like, of course he is. You've literally got three diehard Michael Jackson fans desperately waiting to hear from Michael Jackson's ghost, and you're going to say, "No, he's not here." <laughs> Sorry, we've <laughs> wasted we've wasted a lot of fucking money and time and effort. What a what a shit TV program that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really would. Is Michael Jackson here? No. Oh, no, he's not. Okay. Sorry. Tune in next time. Bear in mind as well, this was shot in Ireland, so you know, again, very unlikely he'd be there. Why on earth? I'll come back to that. Would in a Michael <laughs> Jackson be in Ireland? I'll come back to that. What the fuck? If why didn't they go to his? Ha- oh man! Oh, actually, no. It, this is the part now. So yeah, I, this is how the script goes. I would also like to point out that the seance is held in Ireland because Michael once lived there for a bit. <laughs> they have, fuck. um, yeah. So they they they're like, oh, Michael once lived in Ireland. In fact, he came here twice, and then they go to like a local bowl- bowling alley where they're like, oh yeah, Michael Jackson came here with his kids, and these are the shoes that he wore. Like, the bowling shoes that they've just kept. <laughs> no one's allowed to wear them anymore. I'm so confused by this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but well, what they did have, um, they had one of his old hats on the table that they all touch. And they're like, mm-hmm. what can you feel with a hat? And Derek says he can feel a pain on his forehead, possibly relating to the stress of, you know, being a performer all the time and, yeah. you know, living up to everyone's standards. But then he also says that, you know, when touching the hat, he also feels immense joy. And that would be the joy that Michael felt from wearing it. And then Cute. he gets the fans to touch the hat and they're like visibly emotional already just touching it. Bear in mind, again, like I said, these are diehards. These, are at- these people are dressed like Michael Jackson. And in fact, one of them's had prosthetics to look like him. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um, now, as the, as the seance goes on, um, Derek 
apparently is possessed by Michael, who says things like he loves his fans. Um, he wants to say hello to Quincy Jones because apparently Quincy Jones is the only person he ever knew. Um, <laughs> he then says how the journalists lied about him, um, which you know, I don't know. Did they? I mean, there's many documentaries that have come out now. Listen, I like my- Michael Jackson's music. I don't necessarily like him. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm a big Michael Jackson supporter. What? What? Of, wait, wait. Of <clears throat> the music or of his accusations? I don't think he touched them kids. Uh, maybe this is not the time to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a lot of childhood trauma and he was a kid himself and That's... nothing sexual went on totally agree i totally agree it's called peter pan syndrome um yeah it's where a man does not quite mature the way he ought to or not just a man a, a woman a person uh, anyone uh, anyway now i, I mm, okay anyway <laughs> he then gives very generic words to the fans that means everything to them uh making them all cry at this point uh james as i say you've seen some of this haven't you what did you think uh-huh um it's completely taking advantage of someone in an already emotional state. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like, he turns to that guy and starts talking to him directly as Michael Jackson, which the whole thing's hilarious because he's got a Scouse accent the entire time, which just really <laughs> adds to it. Yeah. And this guy's just in floods of fucking tears because Michael Jackson's telling him that he loves him. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Michael Jackson, isn't it? It's not Derek Acora just telling this guy, I love you. <laughs> it's Michael Jackson, apparently. But when people are in emotional turmoil, they'll believe anything. If I, I thought when I was watching it, I thought about this. Like, obviously, breaking up with someone is a form of grief, and you kind of have to go through it. Yeah. And if someone comes up to you and says, "There's a way you can get back with uh, this person, you can like reconcile and make everything work," you're in such an emotional state, you forget about the reasons why you've broken up and all that, and you're like, "Yes, yes, absolutely, I'll do it," and you lose yourself. And I think it's very similar with mediums and death. Like, people will do anything just to be able to speak to that person again. Yeah, totally. Even talking to some bloke from Liverpool who was a complete fraud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who had by that point already been outed as a fraud from most horny. And uh, and Sky decided he was the one to do this seance. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm of a similar opinion. Uh, to be honest, I, I actually find it quite uncomfortable to watch. Um, I said at the beginning that I believe mediums use people's emotions for monetary gain. And this, yeah. in my opinion, is the perfect example of that. Uh, they're cashing in on the death of a, uh, of a of an iconic pop star and also cashing in on the emotions of others by making it good TV. Yeah, it, it it's it's not right, really, is it? Now, <laughs> that's a low, right, in my opinion. That's a low. But he went to a new low in 2012 when he claimed to have received a message from Madeleine McCann via a oh, psychic fuck guide. Oh, sakes. Yeah, a psychic guide gave him a message from Madeleine McCann, apparently, in 2012. Uh, bear in mind, this is, what, 2004 she went missing, isn't it? Um, yeah, so it was early 2000. Eight years after her death. Um, or alleged death. <laughs> alleged death, yeah. Well, no, no, this is the thing. He claimed he was told that the child died some time ago, but would soon be reincarnated. Now, oh, that's all right, then. That's just fine. Tell, his, tell her parents to stop worrying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't know where this kid will be. Just go find her kid. Um, naturally, this pissed off a lot of people, most of all the parents of the of the missing girl. Um, and Derek made a very public apology in a newspaper. Uh, yeah, called that one wrong. 
<laughs> now, Derek never reached the heights of the early noughties. He essentially became a meme of himself, like David Hasselhoff or Nicolas Cage. Eventually, he did what nearly all celebrities whose career is waning do. He appeared on a primetime reality show. Derek appeared in Channel 4's Big Brother and finished in a very respectable fourth place. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, outside of TV, Derek would tour the UK doing smaller shows to stay afloat, selling out local theatres and holding um, auditoriums at hotels and that sort of stuff. Um, on January 4th, 2020, Derek Akora died from sepsis following complications with pneumonia. The nation as a whole did mourn, although some of us, you know, listen, he's a character at the end of, like, you know, and we all loved him in that sense. The nation as a whole mourned. Some of us believed him. Some of us saw right through him. But even more so now, he's a ghost. <laughs> um, ironically, though, two years on from his death, Derek has failed to make contact with the living. Uh, and that's it. That's all I've got. <laughs> I mean, it's great. Uh, what, what a guy. I think... In terms of episodes that we've done, I don't want to say he's the most, like, common. I don't know if that's the right word. But you know what I mean? Everyone else has, like, been a staple in history, generally. Oh, yeah. And he has been some Liverpool bloke on television pretending to be possessed by a woman who loves dick. <laughs> and I just think that's wonderful that we've got <laughs> an hour, 15 minutes out of that. Uh, absolutely. I love that that's his legacy. Mary loves dick. Oh, it, it is, it's fucking hilarious. And obviously, he's dead, so, like, God rest his soul and all that. Don't take the piss out of the dead, but... You can take the piss out of his life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, you can call him out for what he was. And I think that's fair to say. We can make assumptions of what we think he is and have an opinion on that. Yeah. But yeah, I hope everyone else enjoyed that episode. For a lot of you guys, and maybe in America or, or, or further abroad, maybe you have no idea who Derek Okora is. So I'm, uh, I'm glad to have shared with you a British icon such as Derek Okora. Um so we, we, we james and i were mentioning before how like quite a lot of our episodes a lot of you guys are totally aware of who henry the eighth is but you still listen because you want to know our take on henry the eighth so it's nice to you know now and then uh share with you an episode of someone you've probably never ever heard of and you probably like want to google him now honestly i would highly recommend you youtube like Derek okora mary loves dick and just watch most haunted because it's it's brilliant and most haunted as i say still going today it's on youtube it's brilliant and Derek Okora was still doing ghost investigations on uh, YouTube channels, uh, just sort of wandering around, just in a sort of flannel shirt, just not really taking it much seriously anymore, just getting paid to be there. <laughs> like, there's one of them where some woman, she's totally a skeptic, but she's like seen apparently ghosts about and she's a bit confused. And she's just talking about it and he's so checked out. <laughs> he's just like, he's just not even looking at her. He's looking around. So at one point, he's just looking directly at the camera, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> It's so funny. And then um, he's like wandering around during the night time uh, when they're actually doing the investigation. And, you know, there's a few knock-ins and taps, but it's like it's a really old factory building in Manchester that's like from the Victorian era and whatnot. And like, you're not even really participating. Everyone just goes, oh, do you hear that knocking? He goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't give a shit anymore. It doesn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> It's great. Oh, honestly, he is a national treasure, like in a weird oh, way. For sure. But um yeah. The ghost shows I really like watching now are like the proper American ones. I think it's Ghost Adventures with Zach. Oh, yeah, I forgot his Zach. surname. God. Oh mate. 
I love it just because of the theatrics. Oh, I love it. I think he is such a great host because it's just all bollocks, but I'm I'm hooked with every word. He's literally like, yeah, yeah, you want to go? You want to go? Go? Someone will punch you right in the face. Like, <laughs> yeah. So aggressive. <laughs> it's just so American. It's just wonderful. It's just absolutely, it's great television. But have you ever seen the film Grave Encounters? Uh, yes. Where it, like at the start, it's fully taking the piss out of Ghost Adventures, then all of a sudden gets very real very quickly. No, spot on, spot on. I like the spirit boxes. Uh, they're my personal favourites. Spirit boxes, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. just like it's just fucking static. And then when they listen back to it, yeah. they go, "Wait, did you hear that? It says I killed John." And then it's like it doesn't say that, but now you've said it. That's all I can hear. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, what? Oh, there's a phrase for that the power of suggestion or something yeah it's like that thing it's like green elephant it's like but actually it doesn't say green elephant but i've told you it sounds like that so that's what you hear it's like, oh, yeah good point yep yep anyway yep. Uh, uh yeah that's um that's that episode of Derek agora i hope you've enjoyed it wonderful do we have any clue what we're doing next episode mormons probably um oh, have i started dude, no big. but i will start that's big you've got two big ones and but i set up I promise more. Maybe okay. That will happen at some. What month is it? February. That will happen at some point over the next two months. There is someone. I had an idea for an episode the other day, but I've completely forgot. It will come back to me. All right. I, I don't know. <laughs> Either way, something will happen, and that's a guarantee. Follow us on all the socials. Then, um, if you're Australian, please tell me how Australian football works. Um, <laughs> uh, support the show monetary wise if you'd like to you can donate to the show you can always buy merch from our store uh, you can find links to that on all of our socials just hit us up there uh, thank you very much for listening uh, I hope you enjoyed it join us on the next one bye <laughs>